As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at. And conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio. Available on demand on your favorite podcast directories. Including iTunes, TuneIn, Speaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. You can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdogs at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, it looks like everybody has established their position now and gone into the trenches. The Republicans led by Mitch McConnell in the Senate, are uh, declaring that they will indeed have a vote on the president's nominee to the Supreme Court. The question is whether they are going to install him or her, her, I should say, uh, prior to the November 3rd election. That is absolutely critical, of course, because the Democrats have uh, been busy installing their cheat-by-mail schemes in uh, the battleground states in the upper Midwest, Pennsylvania, Uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And uh, they are going to send swarms of attorneys after the November 3rd election to try to uh, wrestle this this election away from the Republicans. Uh, I think it's it's going to be um, a damn close thing. And it is likely to end up in the Supreme Court. We know that John Roberts is uh, completely unreliable. And uh, the worst possible outcome could be a hung election with a a tied Supreme Court voting 4-4 and not being able to move forward. So uh, we've got, what, 42 days left now before the election. That is uh, plenty of time to uh, go through the hearings. They should be abbreviated hearings. Just give the Democrats long enough to make asses out of themselves and uh, and show uh, a, a lot of these unhinged lunatic leftists being drugged from the hearing rooms to remind uh, the American voters of the Kavanaugh uh, fiasco, um, worse than a fiasco, what's the word, uh, travesty, and then, uh, and then move it right out onto the Senate floor and, uh, and take a vote and get this done. The president was in Ohio last night. He is, uh, he is, a, <laughs> he is a, a steel-driving man. That's the hardest-working politician I have ever seen. He did two rallies in Ohio yesterday, one in Swanton and I forget the uh, name of the town where the other. And both of these rallies 
were um, wildly attended. <laughs> I just can't believe that the Democrats think that this uh, this Joe Biden scam is going to work. And, uh, they, you know, they're ginning up all these polls to assure us that once again, the Democrat nominee is the uh, is the overwhelming favorite to win, just like in 2016. But the the crowds that are showing up at these rallies are completely aware of uh, what's at stake. And uh, and I've got a about a 30 second clip here from Swanton, Ohio, last night. So as our nation mourns the loss of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I will soon announce a nominee for the United States Supreme Court. They say it's the most important thing a president can do. I don't know. I think military maybe. You know, we rebuilt your military, two and a half trillion dollars. <laughs> Fill that seat. Oh, it's not fair, the Democrats say. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't put Garland on the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's because we had the votes not to do that. And now we have the votes to put uh, this next nominee on the Supreme Court. I'm going to do something a little bit odd, something that most uh, talk radio hosts uh, would uh, say is uh, is not the way to do it. I'm going to play an extended clip now. I, I, I don't, you know, really necessarily need to hear myself beat my gums, but I'm going to turn the air over to Mitch McConnell, who has uh, has been a master of parliamentary procedure in the Senate and uh, really, um, you know, has shined during these uh, confirmation hearings and in the impeachment um, travesty. And uh, Mitch McConnell came to the floor of the Senate yesterday and uh, and just knocked down methodically one by one and uh, citing historical precedent. Each and every one of the Democrats' arguments that uh, somehow the Republicans are being hypocritical by refusing to confirm Obama's appointment in the last year of his election, while at the same time moving forward with Trump's in the last year of his pre- his uh, first term. There will be times in the days ahead to discuss the naked threats that leading Democrats have long been directing at the United States Senate and the Supreme Court itself. These threats have grown louder, but they predate this vacancy by many months. There'll be time to discuss why senators who appear on the steps of the Supreme Court and personally threaten associate justices if they do not rule a certain way are ill-equipped to give lectures on civics. He's talking, of course, about Chuck Schumer, who showed up uh, at the Supreme Court and said that uh, if the the uh, court didn't rule the way the Democrats wanted to, that uh, uh, there would be hell to pay. But today, let's dispense with a few of the factual misrepresentations right at the outset. We're already hearing incorrect claims that there is not sufficient time to examine and confirm a nominee. We can debunk this myth in about 30 seconds. As of today, there are 43 days until November 3rd and 104 days until the end of this Congress. The late iconic Justice John Paul Stevens was confirmed by the Senate 19 days after this body formally received his nominations. 19 days from start 
to finish. Let's do that. Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, another iconic jurist, was confirmed 33 days after her nomination. For the late Justice Ginsburg herself, it was just 42 days. Justice Stevens' entire confirmation process could have been played out twice, twice, between now and November 3rd, with time to spare. And Justice Ginsburg herself could have been confirmed twice, between now and the end of the year, with time to spare. The Senate has more than sufficient time to process a nomination. History and precedent make that perfectly clear. Others want to claim this situation is exactly analogous to Justice Scalia's passing in 2016, and so we should not proceed until January. This is also completely false. Here's what I said on the Senate floor the very first session, the day after Justice Scalia passed, quote, the Senate has not filled a vacancy arising in an election year when there was a divided government since 1888, almost 130 years ago. Here's what I said the next day when I spoke to the press for the first time on the subject. You have to go back to 1888 when Grover Cleveland was president to find the last time a vacancy created in a presidential election year was approved by Senate of a different party. As of then, only six prior times in American history had a Supreme Court vacancy arisen in a presidential election year, and the president sent a nomination that year to the Senate of the opposite party. The majority of those times, the outcome was exactly what happened in 2016, no confirmation. The historically normal outcome when you have divided government. President Obama was asking Senate Republicans for an unusual favor that had last been granted nearly 130 years before then. But voters had explicitly elected our majority to check and balance the end of his presidency. So we stuck with the basic norm. Oh, and by the way, in so doing, our majority did precisely what Democrats had indicated they would do themselves. In 1992, Democrats controlled the Senate, opposite President Bush 41. Then Senator Joe Biden chaired the Judiciary Committee. Unprompted, unprompted, he publicly declared that his committee might refuse to cooperate if a vacancy arose, and the Republican president tried to fill it. In 2007, Democrats controlled the Senate opposite President Bush, 43. And with more than a year and a half left, a year and a half left in President Bush, 43's term, the current Democratic leader Chuck declared that, quote, except in extraordinary circumstances, end quote, the opposite party Senate should boycott any further confirmations to the Supreme Court. That's the current Democratic leader a year and a half before the end of the Bush administration. So in 2016, Senate Republicans did not only maintain the historical norm, 
We also ran the Biden-Schumer playbook. When voters have not chosen divided government, when the American people have elected a Senate majority to work closely with the sitting president, the historical record is even more overwhelmingly in favor of confirmation. Eight times in our nation's history, new vacancies have arisen and presidents have made nominations all during the election year. Seven of the eight were confirmed, and the sole exception, Justice Abe Fortas, was a bizarre situation, including obvious personal corruption that extended into financial dealings. Apart from that one strange exception, no Senate has failed to confirm a nominee in the circumstances that face us right now. Aside from that one strange exception, no Senate has failed to confirm a nominee in the circumstances that face us right now. The historical precedent is overwhelmingly, and it runs in one direction. If our Democratic colleagues want to claim they are outraged, they can only be outraged at the plain facts of American history. There was clear precedent behind the predictable outcome that came out of 2016. And there's even more overwhelming precedent behind the fact that this Senate will vote on this nomination this year. The American people reelected our majority in 2016. They strengthened it further in 2018 because we pledged to work with President Trump on the most critical issues facing our country. The federal judiciary was right at the top of the list. Ironically, it was the Democratic leader who went out of his way to declare the midterm 2018 elections a referendum on the Senate's handling of the Supreme Court. My friend, the occupant of the chair, was running that year. The Chuck Democratic Schumer. leader went out of his way to declare the 2018 midterms a referendum on the Senate's handling of the Supreme Court. In his final speech before Justice Kavanaugh was confirmed, he yelled, literally yelled, over and over at the American people to go vote. He told Americans, go elect senators based on how they'd approach their advice and consent duties over these weeks. Unfortunately for him, many Americans did just that. After watching the Democrats' tactics, voters grew, out, grew our majority and retired four, four of our former colleagues who'd gone along with their party's behavior. We gained two seats, they lost four. That was the issue. Perhaps more than any other single issue, the American people strengthened this Senate majority to keep confirming this president's impressive judicial nominees who respect our Constitution and understand the proper role of a judge. That is a very important uh, statement that Mitch ended there. You know, when you think about why the Democrats are freaking out so badly, it's because they require a judiciary, an activist judiciary, to circumvent the Constitution and implement their far left-wing agenda. They can't get it through the legislature, neither 
in most of the states of this country, nor in uh, in the uh, in Congress. So they require ACLU judges like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg be sitting there that uh, see the Constitution as an obstacle to their agenda and are willing to do mental gymnastics in order to try to implement that agenda. Now, Mitch McConnell is exactly the person you want uh, leading the Senate in times like this because, uh, you know, he does bring this this uh, quiet mastery of the machinery of the, the Senate, and, uh, and he makes these, um, these arguments so dispassionately and uh, matter-of-factly and just really knocks down all of the Democrats' hysteria. Now, you know, the media is going to ignore all of the arguments that Mitch McConnell made right there, but those, those are the facts. And uh, I only wish that we had a better uh, chairman of the Judiciary Committee to uh, to shepherd this thing through. It's Lindsey Graham, of course. Um, Grassley gave way. Grassley was kind of a disaster himself, and um, and uh, Lindsey Graham's not going to be much better. He's he's going to be worked into a tizzy uh, when the Democrats uh, start their their uh, shenanigans. And uh, is it's not going to be a good look, but Lindsey has sort of steeled himself. It's an election year, and he knows that uh, he's not going to be able to get away with any of his crap if he wants to come back to the U.S. Senate. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So Joe Biden was in Wisconsin yesterday. I'm not sure why he bothers flying out to these places if he's only going to address rooms of, um, you know, seven or eight people. Most of them are reporters. I guess all of them are reporters. And then he refuses to answer his question, their questions. But he did take a question yesterday from a local uh, TV station and uh, WBAY. And they asked him a very legitimate question, something you probably wouldn't hear asked by the uh, national media, and that is, where is your list of prospective Supreme Court nominees? And here's what it sounded like. Let me tell you why I'm not going to answer that question. Because it will shift all the focus. That's what he wants. He never wants to talk about the issue at hand. He always tries to change the subject. Let's say I answer that question. Then the whole debate's going to be, well, Biden said or didn't say. Biden said he would or wouldn't. That's gonna, the, this, this, the discussion should be about why he is moving in a direction that's totally inconsistent with what the founders wanted. They're designed, the Constitution says designed, if voters get to pick the president who gets to make the pick and the Senate who gets to decide. That's so stupid it makes your head hurt. The voters did pick the president. They picked that president for a four-year term beginning in 2017 and ending in 2021 to make those choices. And then they, uh, they, uh, strengthen the Republican majority in the Senate. So this idea that, um, you know, if you hold the, uh, the white house and the Senate that you shouldn't move ahead is just 
stupidity. It's purposeful stupidity. And the more times uh, Biden repeats it, the more it'll become obvious. But he's sitting there on camera. I, it, it looks kind of like this question is taking place over a Zoom call, but he is taken to wearing his mask when he is doing these Zoom calls, which just makes him look like a, a, a complete idiot. Let's listen to the rest of this clip. We're in the middle of an election right now, Bernie. You know, people are voting now. By the time this Supreme Court hearing would be held, if they hold one, would in fact, we probably, it's estimated 30 to 40% of the American people already have voted. It is a fundamental breach of constitutional principles. <laughs> it's a fundamental breach of constitutional principles. It is literally the, the letter of the constitutional principles. And, you know, speaking of RGB's final wish, they like to talk about that. Let's uh, let's take a look at RBG's actual view on this. This was at Georgetown Law School. Um, I think this was back in 2018. The president is elected for four years, not three years. So the power that he has in year three continues into year four. And maybe some members of the Senate will We'll wake up and appreciate that that's how it should be. That's not only how it should be, but that's how it is. It is literally the letter of the Constitution. Trump responded to Biden's refusal to name his prospective nominees. You know the reason that he can't and won't. They don't want to show the judges because the only ones that he can put in are far left radicals. And if he does something even toward left of center, which would be acceptable, I guess, we have no choice. If he did that, he would lose the left. So he's going to have to put in radicals. So he doesn't want to show who his judges are. I've shown all a list. I have a double list, about 45, from which I will only pick. But he doesn't want to do that. Because if you found out who he was going to pick, he would be unelectable. Oh my God, you, it would be rough working over the Biden campaign because Donald Trump is out there on the campaign trail every day, holding huge rallies while you've got this defective candidate with a dishonest message that you're trying your hardest to use the mainstream media to carry for you. And, uh, every day more and more reality gets to sink in for the American people. The Senate has confirmed the president's nominee in the uh, last year of his presidency 17 times. Only once have they ever refused to confirm the nominee of a president from the same party as the Senate majority. Not since 1880 have they confirmed a, a, a nominee from the opposing party's president. And this is really the bottom line. This is why the Democrats are calling for violence and and anarchy and throwing a fit is because they really don't have any other arguments. They keep ignoring the reality of uh, what happened in 2016 when Biden nominated Merrick Garland. And uh, they're hoping to be able to keep that up. But Mitch McConnell really doesn't care. 
You got the president out there holding rally after rally, state after state, sometimes two a day. Joe Biden meeting in, uh, in, in empty halls with seven people there talking through his mask. It's not looking good for the Democrats. But they'll keep telling you right up until about a week before election that these uh, that the, the polls show a Biden presidency is on the way. Don't buy it. That's not what's happening. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a listen to what's going on over there at CNN. They're becoming more and more overt about their calls to violence. And we'll take a look at uh, Florida and its new laws to crack down on rioting right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 radio station. Stick with us. Zenny offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenny.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. And you're back. Uh, right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, we got the votes. We've got a leader in place that is going to make sure that we get a constitutionalist appointed to the Supreme Court and a leader in the Senate that's going to make sure it gets a vote and goes through. The question is whether or not they're going to, the Democrats are going to be able to threaten and harass enough Republican senators to defeat the vote. They've got two so far. They've got Collins and Murkowski, and uh, they will probably get Romney. Romney will figure out some way to, to uh, defect and uh, continue grinding his uh, his pathetic acts against Donald Trump. That'll require Mike Pence to come in and uh, and provide the 51st vote if we don't lose any more. The Democrats are ramping up uh, the the volume on their threats and harassment, and uh, it's going to reach a crescendo during the hearings that'll be held by Lindsey Graham, who may break out into tears during. Uh, during the hearings over at CNN, uh, Don Lamont himself is calling for them to, well, I'll let you hear it from Lamont himself. Not by Klobuchar and others back then were saying, hey, you've got to have a full bench. You've got to have a full bench. Because of what the Republicans did in 2016. Democrats didn't do that in 2016. If Democrats actually put the person, wanted the person that was in office now, to do it, they would be making the same choice. They would be they would they would be consistent with their principles. Really, <laughs> the Democrats would be consistent with their principles, says Don Lamont. I don't know that. Yeah, and I think that most people don't agree with that idea, which is why they don't care about the difference between left and right. See, until you have a group of people that decide to consistently be better than what they reject. 
you're going to have people in the exact position they are right now, Don, which is no matter what happens, everybody sticks to the We're going to have team. to blow up the entire system. And you know what we're going to have to do? No, I don't know. You know what we're going to So you got Don Lamont at CNN using words like blowing up the entire system. Of course, this is after Raza Aslan, who was a, uh, D, a CNN talking head, said we're going to burn it all down. Nancy Pelosi went on with uh, George Stephanopoulos and said, we've got lots of arrows in our quiver. Notice how their rhetoric is, uh, is adopting more and more the threats of violence. It's not even implied violence anymore. It's overt violence. Remember when uh, Sarah Palin said, we're going to target certain Senate races and they, they excoriated her. How dare she use that type of language? Blamed, uh, blamed her for Gaffey Gifford being uh, shot by a left-wing lunatic. Let's see what's in the rest of this clip. Yes, yeah. what you have to do? You just got to vote. Honestly, from what your closing argument is, you're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College. Because the people... I don't see it. Uh, because the, the minority in this country decides who the judges are and they decide who the president is. is well, you that, need a is constitutional amendment to do that. And if Democrats, if Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts and they can do that amendment and they can get it passed. Well, you that's need two-thirds vote. <laughs> Don Lamont doesn't have walking around sense. We're going to pass a constitutional amendment to abolish the Electoral College. (laughs) He apparently doesn't understand the Constitution, probably has never read it, knows nothing about it, why the Electoral College was instituted and why the the less populous states would never provide the two-thirds of of, uh, legislatures voting in favor of that constitutional amendment so they could disenfranchise themselves in favor of California, New York, and Illinois providing uh, all of the votes needed to elect a president. Here's uh, Jeffrey Tubin, also on CNN. He's he's on here with uh, John Berman, and uh, and he's talking about this epic battle beginning. And uh, he also starts calling for of violence and protests. Schumer has telegraphed as much. I mean, he's basically saying if Democrats win the Senate, if Democrats win the White House, Katie bar the door. You know, they're going to well, do. Sort, go ahead. He sort of said that. He said nothing's off the table. You know, Democrats are right. great about talking big, but uh, we'll right. see if he has the if 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 he and the other Democrats have the guts to do anything if they retake control of the Senate will they really add the two seats why the wouldn't Supreme they Court why wouldn't they that, I mean if they if they're in control why wouldn't they because they're weak and they're wimps and they're right. afraid and I, I think you know the Democrats you know we, we think about Bush v Gore and you know which David which David argued you know in 2016 Al Gore said no street protests you know this is just a legal process while David saw in Tallahassee and in Washington the the, the Republican forces massing against them you know literally on the streets I mean there were no Republican forces on the streets during that uh, uh, election. And if they were, they were actually peaceful. I'm not going to play the rest of that clip, but uh, Tubin goes on to call for everybody to take to the streets and raise hell. 
Now, the, uh, the, the, the Democrats' strategy for this upcoming election is to steal it. Uh, they're, they're busy changing the rules in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota to allow vote harvesting. Uh, all of those states have now um, had rulings from their Supreme Court allow- allowing for a continued counting of ballots after the election, even without in the case of Pennsylvania and Minnesota, at least uh, in the case of Pennsylvania and Michigan, at least uh, without any postmark to confirm that it came in before the election. I'm pretty proud to live in the state of Florida and uh, have elected a, uh, a solid America first Republican in the form of uh, governor DeSantis. Well, DeSantis has now proposed a law that cracks down on these, uh, these rioters and strengthens law enforcement's hand in dealing with it, and uh, and goes even further by uh, by uh, allowing the state to withhold funds from these uh, these left wing uh, blue counties down here in Florida who refuse to enforce the law. Here is Governor DeSantis uh, meeting with uh, sheriffs and police chiefs from throughout the state yesterday, announcing this legislation that's being introduced. And so I'm proud today to be able to announce what will be a focal point of the next legislative session, um, a, a, a legislative proposal which we're calling the Combating Violence, Disorder, and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection Act uh, that will probably be the boldest and most comprehensive piece of legislation to address these issues anywhere in the country. And there's a number of things that we'll be doing. Uh, you know, we are going to impose criminal penalties for violent or disorderly assemblies, uh, and that'll be a third-degree felony. Uh, we will also uh, require uh, a felony if you uh, incapacitate any of the roadways. We see people take over interstates. Uh, that is absolutely hazardous. It's not fair to motorists who may get caught up in that. Um, and so that will be unacceptable. Uh, also, we have a prohibition on destroying or toppling any type of public property, including monuments. Uh, that's not the way uh, to go about it, and we will hold you accountable. Also have a prohibition on harassing innocent people in public accommodations. You see these videos of these innocent people eating dinner, and you have these crazed lunatics just screaming at them and intimidating them um, on, on a public accommodation, you're not going to do that here in the state of Florida. And we're also going to use RICO liability to anyone who organizes or funds a violent or disorderly assembly. And if you look at some of the people who've been involved in this violence, these are people that will come from all across the, world, all across the country. If there's any type of issue, they all of a sudden show up in all these places. Uh, we're going to figure out who's organizing and who's funding that and hold them accountable. Uh, but what you have to have is clear and predictable penalties. I look at what goes on in Portland, and they'll have people, they'll arrest them. These are all scraggly-looking, you know, Antifa types. They get their mugshot taken, and then they get released. And it's like a carousel. On and on it goes. Yep. Uh, that's the Soros-funded DAs. We're going to talk about that a little later in the show. But uh, this is an absolute great law. The only thing I would have added to it is uh, to make harassment of police officers and the performance of their duties uh, a Class three felony as well. I'm sick of seeing these idiots uh, getting up and spitting in policemen's face uh, while calling them, um, you know, the worst names possible, insulting their family, just vile, vile insults, and thinking that that is somehow protected by free speech. 
DeSantis was meeting, I think, in Polk County, Florida, uh, with Sheriff Grady Judd. And Grady Judd uh, uh, explained it to everybody who couldn't wrap their mind around the intricacies of the legislation. I can tell you, folks, so that there's no misunderstanding today. This is a peaceful protest. This is a riot. He's showing uh, the pictures pictures that uh, differentiate a peaceful march um, and uh, and contrasting that with the burning of buildings and looting of stores in a photograph. We can tell the difference. The governor can tell the difference. Our law enforcement officers can tell the difference. In the event you didn't get that, let me show you something. This is a peaceful protest. This is looting. If you loot, the next thing you can try to steal is something off of your food tray at the county jail. Because you're going to jail. That's a guarantee. And we're going to enjoy taking you down there. Some people are slow learners. (laughs) This is peaceful protest. This is violence. It's not acceptable. I truly believe in our God-given right and our constitutional right to speak openly and freely to address our government. That's important. We listen every day. But I've also watched across this country when law enforcement officers who put their life on the line were told to stand down. Yeah, it's not going to happen down here in Florida, and I'm just so glad that we didn't have Andrew Gillum as the president in this uh, these times, and that DeSantis has stepped up. I want him to keep doing that and uh, and make Florida a no antifa zone. That's outstanding. Soros funded DAs. Tucker uh, Tucker took that issue on last night on his show, which was uh, kind of amazing after Fox News had sort of put the kibosh on uh, them calling out George Soros on uh, on their afternoon show, Outnumbered. Let's take a look at what Soros has wrought for his... Uh, I think it's about a $17 million investment in, uh, in uh, putting um, district attorneys in that do not enforce the law. I'm looking for this list here. Larry Krasner at Philadelphia. The crime in Philadelphia has gone off the roof because Larry Kasner is returning criminals to the streets as fast as he can. Out in San Francisco, you got Chessa Bordone, adopted son of um, Chicago-based communists who were also uh, imprisoned for uh, trying to foment a violent uprising. Raul Torres in Albuquerque, Kim Gardner in St. Louis. She's the one that arrested the uh, McCarthy's I can't remember the the two uh, homeowners that tried to defend their property Kim Fox in Cook County Illinois who's uh, releasing rioters as hard as they can Rachel Rollins in Suffolk County Massachusetts Diane Beckin in Costa 
Contra Costa County, California. Kim Ogg in Harris, Texas. Ah, oh, down and down the list. There's uh, there's about three dozen of these strategically elected anti-law enforcement district attorneys that George Soros has funded. And, of course, his objective is to destabilize this country in, uh, in uh, district after district where these district attorneys have been. And he's decriminalized theft under $1,000, which has emboldened the criminals to be, be able to just walk into retail stores and, uh, and carry out as much as they can without having to worry about being prosecuted. Out in California, where uh, Soros-funded DA Kim Fox, who refused to prosecute Jesse Smollett, the uh, the police chief there, David Brown, former police chief in Dallas, Texas, when when those uh, five police officers were shot and killed by a Black Lives Matter activist, commented on uh, why they're not able to get control of crime in Chicago. You, they're involved in a shooting where six people are shot, and this person has seven felonies. And yet, they're out on the streets in our neighborhoods on electronic monitoring. What are we doing? I mean, it's beyond frustrating. It makes your blood boil if you're one of those victims to a person that's out of jail on electronic monitoring that had previously seven felonies and was arrested by Chicago police officers, and his gun was recovered for possessing an illegal gun because he's a felon in possession of a gun, and yet he's out of jail. I don't know why we're putting up with this. I mean, George Soros is an American citizen now. He became an American citizen so he could engage in these kind of activities. But he's done this in uh, European nation after European nation, tried to destabilize them and then um, capitalize on that uh, that volatility in the markets to uh, to to do currency manipulation. He literally destroyed the Bank of England. But voters need to understand that these district attorneys are critical races. In the past, we're used to having two candidates trying to outdo each other on law and order. But that's not the case any longer. And, uh, and George Soros is moving in strategically to try to bring uh, this anarchy and chaos to your city. And one of the very first questions that need to be asked of these uh, candidates is, are you accepting or will you accept George Soros money? And if that is the case, they're disqualified. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. So, you know, focusing on these Biden gases kind of become a, uh, a national pastime, and I'm not going to get deep into it here, but uh, 
the the gaffes illustrate something uh, that uh, the candidate doesn't actually know what he's saying. He is reading off a teleprompter and there is no connection between the words that are coming out of his mouth and reality. He has repeated now uh, called uh, called these ridiculous numbers. He said 200 million people will have died of COVID. He had previously just the week before said 120 million had died of COVID. And of course, in that debate, he claimed that 150 million people had died of gun violence. So um, he uh, there's a disconnect in his brain. No doubt because he has had two uh, brain surgeries previously for aneurysms. But, um, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got, I've got to play this one gaffe. You know, you remember when he tried to quote from the Declaration of Independence and he ended up saying, oh, you know, the thing, the thing. Well, if you thought it couldn't get any worse, yesterday he made a hash out of the, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. The Pledge of Allegiance that every child of his age grew up reciting every morning in school, he just couldn't get it right. America, I pledge allegiance to the United States of America. One nation, indivisible, under God, for real. <laughs> he, he started to uh, skip under God and then caught himself and went back and added in and then lost his place and had to, uh, you know, break out in the for real, for real. But the big story yesterday, and uh, this was put out by Tom Elliott over at uh, Grabian, was that uh, Joe Biden was caught in a interview with Telemundo Television uh, by the that former representative from South Florida, a guy with real narrow set eyes. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's sitting down and he's answering questions, and at one point. He instructs the person that's operating the teleprompter with his answers on it that he can't uh, read that line. So this is basically uh, a, a staged interview by Telemundo so that Joe Biden could use it as some sort of campaign commercial. There are going to be no deportations in the first 100 days of my campaign. Let me get that right. You are going to freeze deportations? First 100 days of his campaign. Oh, man, if you could see this video. He looks like a deer caught in a headlight. Uh, the guy is asking him questions. And he's turning his head uh, when it's his turn to answer, to read the questions off of his teleprompter. Going to freeze deportations? Freeze deportations for the first hundred days. And then and only people will be deported are people who committed a felony while here. That's number one. I, okay, I lost that. Line. Yeah, well, it's, but that's good because we could we could talk you and I on that. Okay, uh, but but it's, <laughs> but, but th- think about think about where we are. Uh, where does that land on the uh, journalistic ethics? You're you you must be asking questions that were pre-scripted in order for the candidate to be able to sit there and read them off of a teleprompter and engaging in. You're engaging in all of this uh, uh, camera work that uh, makes it look like he is is uh, answering the question when, in fact, he's got his head turned to one side, um, reading the the answer. 
I guess Telemundo is not what we look to for high standards when it comes to journalistic ethics to begin with, but damn. Damn. So just for fun, I want to take a dip into the president's rally last night in Swanton, Ohio. He uh, he was uh, continuing to hammer away at poor old Joe. But they want to ban all prayer in public schools and require taxpayers to fund extreme late-term abortion. Biden's justices will erase national borders. They don't want borders protect sanctuary cities and compel the unlimited entry of foreign nationals. And if you look at some of these jihadist nations, uh, no, thank you. Somebody said, that's not nice. That's not politically correct. I said, that's okay. They'll cripple the police departments, free violent criminals, shield foreign terrorists and declare the death penalty unconstitutional, even for the most depraved mass murderers who kill women and children. That's what they want. They don't want any death penalty, not for the Boston bomber, not for anybody. You see the Boston bomber, they're still trying this guy, what he did to so many lives. He ruined, killed people, ruined so many families, ruined so many lives. In three and a half, and by the way, they want the Boston bomber to be able to vote. You know that. Yeah, they want the Boston bomber to be able to vote. They, uh, they overturned his death penalty up there in a Massachusetts court. It's... It's maddening. So uh, the president in his uh, his rally uh, yesterday in Minnesota made a big issue of the Supreme Court, and here's what it sounded like. The Biden-nominated justices will shred our Second Amendment, eliminate the right to self-defense, and allow the government to confiscate your privately owned firearms. You know that. Put in other language, they will end your Second Amendment, okay? And they will do that. By the way, if I wasn't here, you wouldn't have a Second Amendment right now. That would be gone. That is probably the case. Let's uh, get one more clip uh, where the president called the the two high school students from uh, Little Miami, Ohio, who who ran onto the field on 9-11 carrying American flags and a, a, a thin blue line American flag. He called them up and, uh, and praised them. We're joined tonight by two high school football players. They became very famous. They became very, very famous. They became more famous than President Trump. They were beautiful. I watched them running through the, the crowds with those flags. And here someplace, I don't know, got a lot of people here. We're going to try and figure it out. Hold up your flag, Jared Bentley and Brady Williams who were recently suspended from their high school football team after displaying flags in support of our police and first responders. Now, that's something you never would have seen George Bush do. You never would have seen that out of his daddy. This is uh, going right at the Democrats and their, uh, their lunacy. I want to talk a little bit about this Breonna Taylor case. Uh, the grand jury is set to return its decision on whether or not to criminally charge the police officers involved in that case. And I've, I've kind of, um, uh, accepted the, the media reporting on Brianna Taylor because it was connected to one of these no knock warrants, which are subject to extreme abuse. And, uh, and that's all I needed to hear. And I really didn't look into it. And I thought that they must've had the wrong house. Well, they didn't have the wrong house. They had a warrant 
for Brianna Taylor's apartment. And, um, and they did in fact, knock on the door and give Brianna Taylor and her drug dealing boyfriend who was uh, there with her an opportunity to answer the door before they knocked the door down. When they knocked the door down, Brianna Taylor's drug dealing boyfriend opened fire on the police officers and they returned fire, sadly hitting Brianna Taylor five times. Now that was poor police work probably since she wasn't the one firing on them. But, um, the, the legal standard of course is whether or not somebody is reasonably in fear for their life. And in that case, when you're being fired upon, it's going to be a pretty hard argument to make to a grand jury that the police officers weren't defending themselves. But Brianna Taylor knew that she was um, involved with a drug dealer, and there's plenty of evidence now to suggest that she was part of that operation. But they're going to announce uh, the decision of the grand jury in Louisville, and I uh, expect it's going to be a no bill. So probably tomorrow when I come to this show, we're going to be talking about BLM riots in Louisville. And I hope you'll join me then right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Look forward to talking to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.